everyone. Welcome to this week's Builders Build podcast. I'm your host, George Pooh, and you can find me on Twitter as the George Pooh. Today, I'm very excited to open a new segment for the Builders Build podcast, which talks about really early stage founders before the first funding and currently building the product. With that, I'm excited to introduce the founding team in Web3, Elite, building the next protocol for communications. The co-founders, Ignat and Danila, has been building the product and finding product market fit currently. And for listeners who are interested in how to build a Web3 startup, I think this is a really important episode to listen to. So Ignat and Danila, thank you so much for joining the show today. Thank you for having us today. Thanks, George. It's a pleasure. So Danila, I want to go to you first. Talk us more about your background and how do you find your way into Web3? Okay, so I'm a software developer for last 12 years and last six years mostly as a co-founder and CTO of different startups. So I was always interested in cryptography and different deep tech things like AI and neural networks and so on. So for the last three years, I'm mostly co-founder of my startups and startups of my friends. That's actually how I got into light. And so, yeah, that's my background, I think. Yeah, Ignat, how did you get into Web3? What's your career? So it started in 2017. So I, I started digging more into, into crypto and started with some books like Digital Gold or Crypto Assets of Chris Berniske. And then I got my job at a crypto exchange and was leading the blockchain developers as a integration lead. And then the DeFi summer 2020 started and I was a portfolio manager of DeFi hedge fund and started the edge capital in edge capital DeFi hedge fund in the US and in February this year I moved to to build Elite with Danila and Kirill our third co-founder. Well I think Ignat that's a pretty interesting story I think in Web3 is that many many founders of Web3 projects um, they usually come from traditional finance um, so do you feel like you come from traditional finance or do you feel like you are already in the Web3 very early on? I think 2017 is not too early. So we have guys like Fred from Coinbase, which started in 2011. So, But I started my, my career in city, in commercial banking as an analyst and then moved to crypto. And I promised myself that I will never go back. <laughs> to traditional finance and Web3 is my passion and crypto. Mm -hmm. That's super interesting. Yeah, same thing, but I was promising myself that I will never return to crypto after my first job in crypto. Yeah, but things changed a little bit. Okay. So mm -hmm. I have education in traditional finance, but I never was working in traditional finance. So my path in crypto started like literally from crypto. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and tell us more about like how you got to the idea, Ignat. Um, I'm assuming you came up with the idea for Elite. So tell us more first about uh, what Elite does and how did you come up with the idea for it? Uh, so Elite is a communication protocol and set of tools to build multi-chain communication apps in web-free world. So we were noticing what's going on in the crypto and we see that still there is lack of use cases that have a real world impact. And we started to dig what will convert the next billion users into web free. And we started from the basics. So what is blockchain for? So it, blockchain resolves the issue of trust. 
To unleash full potential of smart contracts, they need to be applied to digital assets with digital distribution. So what is something that we use every day, which is digital in its essence, digitally distributed, and has a problem of trust? This is communication. That's how we came up with an idea to build in this area. Mm -hmm. uh, and for the Web2 communication, can you talk us more about one of the typical ways people talk in Web2 and why is it you know, not a great solution in your opinion? Yeah, so one of the problems of Web2 communication things is that actually uh, we have a huge lack of privacy and security in traditional uh, services like um, Gmail or like or other traditional things like you know LinkedIn direct messages Facebook Messenger and so on so the core reason is that um, implicit financial schemes and how they monetize us actually implies that vendors have to use our data to actually monetize their services. That's how it works for Gmail, for example. They analyze the content of your messages to make ads targeting better. So, and that's a problem. That's a problem of privacy. You can be censorshiped. You can lose access to all your data, to all your history. And that's where actually one of the core reasoning for us to build this thing uh, starts. Uh, we just figured out that in Web3, despite the fact that it is so evolved right now and a lot of different services exist in Web3, still know some leader in terms of communication, like real leader with really decentralized and encrypted and so on solution. So, yeah, that's one of the problems which you face when you work with Web2. Moreover, actually, you have a problem of... Uh, intermediaries as far as financial layer and communication layer are separated in web 2 world what do i mean is that um, for example your facebook messenger and your visa and mastercard debit card is a different things and if you want to pay something in facebook you have to use some intermediary acquirer like stripe or something and and that's a problem actually it introduces a lot of fees a lot of friction a lot of problems in Web3, you have no problems uh, because financial layer and communication layer are not separated. They're actually in one transport layer. So, yeah, that's why I think that's, mm. that's the main problem of Web2, I could say right now. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that the problem also is for crypto communities. We inherited all these Web2 application problems into crypto and, and the magnitude of problems even higher because you need to to verify that some social account actually is the beneficiary and the owner of some wallet. So you have a lot of scams, you have a lot of problems to connect the your on-chain data with your social accounts. So here is you have the broader range of intermediaries to verify. Mm -hmm. Yeah, let's. Yeah, I think that's a very interesting pick. Um, I think right now most people in the Web three world are preferring Discord um, to communicate. If I'm not mistaken, so why do you guys think people are preferring Discord? Is it just because everyone's using it? Is it a legacy platform? So I need to to mention that Discord is the primary communication solution for communities. But it's not the only way to communicate. So you also need to distribute governance proposals. You need some business proposals. And we see that there is lack of any solution for, for these use cases. As for Discord, 
So as I mentioned before, you, you have a problem of verification that social account is connected to some digital wallet. So here we have most of the problems that we cannot create gated communities that are holding some digital token. We cannot create gated communities for some users or communicate actually with our users. So for decentralized applications, I think this is a problem that they need to somehow convert their users to their Discord and verify that they are actually users of their protocol. And the conversion rate is not really a 100%. Mm -hmm. Okay. Tell us more for our listeners who might be, who might not be very familiar with Web3. How would this, how, how would Elite be different from the traditional Web2 protocol? Uh, walk us through what the user will experience when they're using the protocol. So the difference for end users will be uh, to smoothly integrate their financial and crypto life into their communication as communication is the core of any social interaction and you can use your digital wallet to communicate with your business providers like decentralized finance applications and they can actually communicate with you directly not with some intermediaries and uh, and we we need to mention that uh, the protocol is a is a low level solution so we are building an ecosystem of cross functional communication apps integrating our protocol into our business partners in, in other decentralized applications and are leading the developers building new applications on our on our protocol, it means that you can actually communicate with your digital wallet across all the applications and they can make the ultimate and the best user experience for you because you don't have lockups in terms of your contact list. So you can contact your any digital wallet from any application if it allows to. Yeah, I think that finally we will find a solution when you want to enter a new crypto project and you don't need to actually enter the Discord and enter their Telegram group or so and so on because by signing up into the project, into the D app, you will actually at the same time sign up into their communication group. So you won't have all any necessary extra steps to be the part of some communities. Yeah, and I think and I think you guys mentioned about privacy is so important because um, the tools that are in Web2 that are promoting privacy, I think Facebook's WhatsApp was one of the tools that are saying they promote privacy, but people are now scared to use it. There are no protocol, new protocols in Web2, such as Signal app, that actually allows people to communicate in, in, in encrypted forms. But are your concern about apps like that is because they are still using a central server. So they're still not decentralized, they're still not secure. So yeah, now, by the way, Signal is a perfect example that people actually have a strong demand for privacy and security because if we will compare Signal Messenger with huge messengers like WhatsApp or Telegram, I can't tell that Signal have um, has any other features except privacy and security. And despite this fact, it has about 200 million users right now. So at least downloads. I'm not sure that it is active user base, but downloads. So yeah, that's a perfect example of how privacy and security is important for people. And your words about decentralization is actually pretty important because right now 
when you become huge and you become interesting for central parties like governments of different countries, you will face the problems that you um, will have to collaborate on the one side. On the other side, if you won't collaborate, they will find a way how to shut you down in terms of servers and so on. So that's a problem. And that's a problem of signal, I could say, because the government always have the opportunity to just shut down their servers. And that's the end of the signal. And that's the issue you will never face in the Web3 world. Because, for example, right now, yeah, we have mail light. And if tomorrow we, I don't know, something dramatically bad will happen to us and our front-end server will stop working, it means nothing, actually. You will be still be able to send messages, you will be still able to read messages and so on and so on, because there is no single point of failure in our infrastructure. It is completely decentralized. And I think it is really very huge next step for communication apps and communication protocols. And that's actually why we pay so much attention to being truly decentralized, like not to use any sort of centralized servers in our solution. It's very important to add that even the major the major companies are stating that they use end-to-end -end encryption, but we cannot verify it 100% and to be 100% sure that they are not using our data. The, that means that building on web-free infrastructure makes it very, you can create it really bulletproof because you're open source but you can preserve the economic incentives to build these pro products. That's why you can sh share your code. You, everybody can verify it, but still you can create the business that is sustainable. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think it's interesting you mentioned about like the government signal is banned in countries like Iran. Uh, I believe it's also banned in China. So there are many countries that are banning it. And I think, well, how Eli is able to stay afloat, uh, even like without having those issues is pretty important for the world. So let's talk more about your customers, because I think in Web3, um, it's super important to have a base of customers who are in champions. And I think many Web3 founders, the, the struggle they went into is they found the wrong segment of customers. So tell us more about your customers um, and how are you going to your customers? So our customers is mostly at the, at the early stage, we are focusing on Web3 native companies that need to communicate with their users and empower the users to communicate between each other. So for example, our customers are wallets, digital wallets that provide the entry point for, for the crypto users so they can create a mailbox, they can send a message from it to, to the, for example, for, to the business, for example, to Aave or Compound, to, to their customer support or with a business proposal, or they can send some OTC trade proposal to some NFT holder. As well, um, it can be a broader uh, range of use cases like DAO constructors where, where they can provide to DAOs the use case to distribute governance proposals or product updates to directly to their, uh, to their users uh, and to their token holders as their shareholders. So it means that creating the these so-called communication marketplace of, of entry points like digital wallets and, and those part of senders, we can create really, really exciting, exciting experience for, for crypto users. And then we can use and leverage this expertise 
to, to provide new ways for Web2 companies to, to enter the Web3 space because there are, there are not improvements only in privacy and security, but also in efficiency. For example, you can send mass distributions to millions of people through decentralized, through decentralized storage, and it will be cheaper than distributing content through, for example, email, because when you're sending, when you're sending an email to millions of recipients, you are processing the content millions of times. And when you're sending the message to millions of digital wallet holders, you approach in the content only once, and if you need to make it closed, encrypted, you just share the, the small encryption part to notify these digital wallet holders. So it means that we're starting to, to create communication use cases and solve primary communication problems for web-pre-natives uh, uh, products and, and applications, and then leverage these expertise to, to be prepared for web-2 entrance. Mm. Uh, and I think, yeah, like you, you guys mentioned, you started the company only in, I think around February of this year. Um, so it's only been, I think about, you know, maybe five or six months. So well, tell us, share us more about your journey from like, when you have the idea and you start the company and what has been like for those five months, like what are the things that you work on the most, um, and what are the things you are most concerned about? Yeah, I can share some. Yeah. So when we started, we actually. We started with the same idea that we were trying to build some communication protocol for Web3 because it was quite obvious that problem exists and we should do something to solve it. Uh, but our actual approach changed a little bit. So uh, first of all, we started with an idea that we should somehow propose our solution to every digital wallet in terms of changing their way of encrypting transactions because it was quite important for us to have the same way of encryption across all the wallets. And on the first steps, it, it seemed to be a good idea because it would be like working. But once we identify the problem a little bit deeply and dig into the cryptographic algorithms, we figured out the way how actually we can generate communication private key derived from wallet key. And it dramatically changed our approach to the communication protocol. First of all, it's right now it is not necessary for digital wallet to somehow partner with us for the founders to be able to use this digital wallet for their users. So, for example, right now we support MetaMask, very famous wallet, but like MetaMask team even doesn't know about that. I'm pretty sure, and that's it. Just works. So it changed our our approach really very dramatically. And the next very important thing I want to say is that we started with the idea that we will re realize our um, implementation on one chain and we will try it out. We will try to understand how to make it actually cross-chain in the future. But after researching the market and researching like the world of Web3, we figured out that multi-chain and cross-chain problem is much, much more important than we thought. Like it is like it is the thing you should tackle on the very beginning of your communication protocol development. It's not the thing you can postpone for years, like some protocols do. So, and we spent some time on researching and finding the cryptographic scheme, which makes us able to send messages from one blockchain to another 
which is pretty important thing. And that's actually the state where we are right now. So right now we support cross-chain communication. We tried it in a test net a few weeks ago, I could say like two weeks, I think. And yeah, I think it's the bright future where we are going to go in the next month, public release and cross-chain communication for everyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and how supportive I think is the Web3 community of you building the platform. I, I heard that, you know, in traditional finance, it's very hard to find a community. In Web3, I think everyone's so excited when there's a new protocol being announced. So when did you announce the protocol is in development and how, what's the initial feedback from people who are in the Web3 world? So we, we actually started to gain the feedback a month ago when we started to sell our protocol to our partners. So we started to build partnerships and we, we got pretty optimistic feedback on that to those decentralized applications that we came to, they were really impressed that they can communicate, they can empower their users to communicate and they can communicate with their users without using any centralized servers and they can leverage just on-chain on -chain information and the smart contracts. So that's pretty amazing. And also we have some partners from Web2 that, that are looking at communication on Web3 as an entry point to, to go into, into Web3 because they were somehow looking at Web3 and crypto as a more, you know, like speculative areas, but now they see that here they can apply their skills and their business acumen to, to build real products and to change people's lives. Let's talk our topic shift a little bit into more about the, the current status of developing communication protocols and apps in Web3 because there might have already been players in the past or trying to tackle communication problems. So what are the different approaches of players to tackle this? So that's, that's pretty amazing that in a very short period of time, many people, many builders are looking at the, at the communications to, to go in and to start building the new products. So there are some prominent names like, like XMTP or dialect, but we can, to, to have an Ibert view on the whole industry, we can split all the solutions now into three, three groups, three main groups. So the first group are off-chain solutions. So where they don't leverage blockchains, they don't leverage smart contracts, they build their own decentralized network of nodes. And, but they have a problem that they have no consensus layer. That's why they cannot leverage financial applications and there is no economic incentive to, to store the data for node holders. So in order to really grow and to scale, you need some economic incentive to store enormous data when, when the Web2 app users, 4 billion users, will be entering the space. You need some incentive to store this data. That's, that's so... The industry came to the conclusion that we need to leverage somehow the on-chain to, to have economic incentives to store this data. Uh, and the second group emerged with single-chain single chain applications. But here is the problem, as Danila said, so the future is multi-chain. So everybody agrees that there is no universal blockchain and, and architecture that will solve all, all the problems. You will have different chains that will feed to different use cases, that means that, that in order to meet 
end users needs for communications in every chain you need to be multi-chain from the scratch that's how that's that's because we are building the multi-chain cross-chain communication protocol from the scratch yeah it's pretty important to mention that that's one of our main unfair advantage like for our competitors to become multi-chain it will take months in the best case scenario and for us to implement new blockchain it's like 600 lines of code and a few weeks of development and testing so mm -hmm. yeah and how long do you guys think the traditional players have been trying to tackle this problem is it from the beginning of blockchain or is it just a recent phenomenon if i'm not mistaken there there was there was whisper protocol uh the beginning and which were, which was developed by the core ethereum team but they deprecated the project and then there was uh vaku uh, protocol, but it's still it's an off-chain solution, and uh, here we have a problem that even in 2017, 2018, when we entered the space with Danila, so the average transaction per second performance was how much? 50, 50 or 100 was a was a benchmark, 100 TPS. So now with incoming players like Aptos or Sway, I don't know how to, to pronounce it correctly, but they are mentioning that they process and they can process more than 100K. So it means that even, and when the the merge of Ethereum, so the, the competition will be much hotter. So it means that we're, we're, we're talking about the performance that is out distancing the even the MasterCard centralized solution. It means that we now can afford to, to go full scale with communication on chain and provide the, the, the best user experience and best security to, to the users in terms of, I mean, privacy and also financial transacting where you can settle financial transactions and communication transactions in one universal layer. I think a very interesting question I want to ask is like, what should or would happen in the world to shift user communications from Web 2 to Web 3? Because users right now are very comfortable, I would say, to the ways they're communicating Web 3. So what should happen to bring them onto Web 3? I think that the main thing happened in 2009 that Bitcoin emerged. <laughs> so, and now we have 36 million non-custodial wallets and 300 million users with some crypto exposure. So, yes, it's still like 5% of the whole population of the world, or even less, but it's still 300 million people. And, and they, they have exposure to crypto and the blockchain. So in 2017, 2018, everybody has a question, had a question whether blockchain would even, like, would even exist in a few years. Now, now everybody on, on CNBC are talking that Bitcoin's future. <laughs> they 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 haven't come to ethereum still but but still we you know like we we have overcome this hurdle we this this hurdle and everybody believes that blockchain will be in the future so now it's just an engineering question how it will be leveraged and we see that that low infrastructure level is pretty ready to to go full scale with end user communication apps and other social apps to create for for even for these 300 million users new applications and new user experience 
Yeah, actually, and I want to add that regarding the speed of this growth, I think that one of the main bottlenecks is actually transactions per second, which I not mentioned before. So right now, with all these upgrades and up and updates incoming in the blockchains, I think that we will face another wave of different tools, including infrastructure tools, which will like increase adoption even more so the question like why we don't have 1 billion users in the blockchain right now answer is pretty simple like because blockchain was not enough right now to handle such amount of people right now it is very close to the state when blockchain power is enough i think that's a great point that you mentioned so let's talk more about like how to essentially raise capital for a web3 protocol or web3 project because I think, you know, creating a Web3 protocol, uh, it should be expensive. I mean, so you're designing a new thing, you need a new team, entire team to do those stuff. So I think a lot of listeners might be asking, like, what is the best way to raise capital for a Web3 project right now? Any, your best opinion? So it's worth a mention that we're self-funded now and we, we've been self-funded since our since our start, but we are now in the process to, to raise our first round so we will share the updates and our experience how to raise around a little bit a little bit later actually i think that main point of any project disregarding whether it's crypto or not crypto is like build something useful build something what people will like and people will be ready to pay for it and investors just will occur somehow so yeah. what is pretty amazing about Web3, so you don't need a very extensive team to build some product. So look at the Uniswap. They built billion, billion trading volume protocol with how much people, how many people, 10 people or 15 people. And now we, in our world, we don't need extensive resources to, to show that we can solve real problems so, of people. So you can write down a smart contract, take a lot of open source code as an example you can go to the open source repositories and get some insights about how to build your um, how to build your front end so you don't need extensive resources to 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 show the traction and create discord or a twitter account and start sharing your expertise or your knowledge so but then uh, after you you show your traction and product market fit you can you can obviously boost your growth with external funding yeah moreover i want to say that in a traditional startups when you face a really high speed of growth sometimes you're facing problem of that like you have to scale your infrastructure you have to scale your servers you can't handle i don't know 100,000 users without having a lot of servers in like Amazon Web Services or Google Cloud or whatever else. And sometimes you have to raise money just to pay for the infrastructure because it costs you. So in Web3, it's a little bit different. Once you deploy your smart contract, that's enough. So that's it. So as Ignat told, it is really much cheaper actually by a lot of dimensions in crypto to start your project than in Web2. Mm -hmm. And of course, I want to share the love, my love to crypto community because the crypto community is mostly the most active one, which is searching for new protocols, new projects, start digging into Discord servers, into the documentation and start trying it. 
so it's a pretty amazing place to to start your business and your project and share with the community because you're you're welcome. I personally, you know, came from. I mean, I, I wouldn't say I come from Web three, but I've worked at Web three companies, and the support for community is amazing. How much time they give give you to basically interview them or take time to give you user notes. Um, it's very different when you're in a Web three world where everyone's super busy. You have to give them compensation to get them to do a questionnaire, even for example. But let's talk more. I think maybe lastly about the like how Elite is able to help existing builders and existing companies, services, and apps to improve communication because I think. One thing you mentioned is that you are already working with other businesses, with other protocols to improve the communications. Um, so what, is, what are your plans and how can you help existing apps improve further? So we are building the product that will be uh, smoothly integrated by our partners. So it should be well documented. It should be very easy to use. And you don't need to dig into the smart contract architectures of different blockchain to send multi-chain messages and to receive them. So what feedback we got is that, thanks guys, that we don't need to, to go into every chain and to understand how it works. We, just, we can just write down the, the line of code dot send and it will send <laughs> so and I'm pretty excited about how, how Daniela did this with his colleagues. But still, so as for use cases, if I'm not mistaken, you, you asked about the use cases. So now we have use cases with digital wallets, of course, because this is an entry point for, for crypto users. We have the use cases with wallet analytics tools like DBank and Explorers, because this, uh, this is a place where you can find some digital wallet, which you can send a business proposal or to or propose a OTC deal about the NFT or some other assets. So, and you need to, to send a message there. You need to, you, you, you want to communicate and you don't want to, to jump into 30 Discord servers, 20 Telegram groups to find the, the holder of this NFT. And also for uh, for DAOs, it's a pretty uh, it's pretty amazing because they can send directly their governance proposals and and product updates to their users and to their uh, token holders. Because you see, the engagement ratio of the governance uh, polls is less than five percent. So nobody is voting. I I think that the problem is is also in in the space of communication because they can send it directly, they can communicate, make them engaged. So so they can now directly communicate with their token holders and, and their users. And for example, to alert them that something is happening with the product also, just please revoke your approvals like curve today. So you can send directly to those who are exposed to this hack and you don't need to go to every Twitter influencer to, to share this tweet. What are the things that you would like to say for a founder who's looking to start a Web3 venture? Uh, what are the top advice you would give them? Be brave. So be brave. It's worth doing it because we are building the new future and it's still very early. You know, everybody is afraid that it's too late. No, we are too early. So, and one of, one of the things that I pretty like about our space is that we are mostly collaborative. Yes, we are competing. We are share. We are taking ideas from, but we are doing the one one thing. We are making we we are making our idea to be realized in in, in the real world. So we think that. So I 
I'm pretty amazed about Web3, and I think that this Web2 infrastructure, this monopolies of majors in, in, different, in different areas, so especially in software development, is not for the good of the public. And I, I think that this decentralized future is, is pretty amazing and, and you can build it together with us and with other founders and builders. Yeah, and my three things, yeah. I, I think that I will agree with Be Brave as a top top one, which you should recommend definitely. And the second thing is actually that, uh, yeah, competition is good just because if you try to Google your potential competitors and you found nothing, it is a very red flag. Like existence of competitors means existence of demand and that's always good for you. So, and about earliness, actually, yeah, I think just, you need just start just start something and you will figure out the ways how to build it in web3 and why it will be useful we are as ignat told that we are on the early stage of this thing and you will always hear that it is too late too much players in the market and so on but no that's not true that's really exciting thanks so much for giving the advice for the next gen of web3 founders my last question will be what will be the next two to three years yeah. looks like uh it's like not do you want to start yeah, sure. So I want to, to make some joke, but I didn't come up with it. <laughs> Sorry. So straight to the point. So we will be uh, developing our protocol from the expanding into into the major chains, expanding to uh, expanding our proposition in terms of the languages supported and also digital wallets. Of course, we need to integrate with bridges. So now multi-chain and cross-chain messaging works without bridges, but in order to pin money to your communication to make, for example, airdrops with mass distributions, to make some, to set a fee for incoming unwilling communication to filter a spam, you need to create bridges to empower the cross-chain messaging with financial transacting together. And also we'll be creating larger range of use cases that we support. But, and of course, we will be building the partnership ecosystem and new builders ecosystem and the ecosystem of developers to finally come to the decentralized autonomous organization with a token and, and, and to show how, how can community really run the sustainable business. Yeah, and I think in like three to five years, one of the main change that you will have to get used to the phrase like, oh, I didn't open my Gmail for a month. Can you please forward your message to the Elite mail or something? I personally, I'm very excited to witness a journey of what you guys have accomplished in just about a couple of months of starting Elite. I'm so amazed by how this company has already started in this year and just a couple of months ago. So thanks so much for joining the show. I think the, the advice you give to founders are super helpful, but I think, you know, we have so many next gen founders here will, waiting to listen to guys like, uh, you know, yourself talking about how to start a web three company. So thanks so much for joining the show guys. And I'm super excited to be here witnessing the early days for the next gen communication platform. Thank you very much. Thanks, George. It's pretty amazing to join your great podcast. We'll be happy to, to join you. After uh, the next milestone will be achieved. Yeah, we look forward to that. So thank you guys and talk to you guys soon.
Builders Build, a Bluemex podcast, is hosted by George Poo and does not constitute a recommendation for any organization, product, or service. For more Builders Build content, subscribe where you get your podcasts and visit bluemex.io to join us on Discord.